If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up? Welcome to Deep Sleepers Podcast, the podcast to listen to if you watch football with ulterior motives. I am your host, Jeremy Layton. We got a bonus episode on the morning of the NFL Draft because NFL Draft is a spectacular weekend of betting. I just can't get enough of it. Got a great guest joining us uh, just to get some last minute props in there. You know him as the host of You Better You Bet, Nick Costos. Thanks for coming on, man. How you doing? What's going on? Happy draft day. Uh, great day today. Great weekend coming up. Yeah. Um, I listen to your guys' show, and I kind of feel like you and I have similar, like, states of degeneracy and that it's kind of like NFL over everything and just, like, going to put in a million bets. I just want to ask, like, how many bets do you plan on putting in tonight? Is it going to be, like, staggering or is it just going to be kind of tempered a little bit? Um, well, yeah, probably a lot because I already have a lot in, and um, so I have a lot of media that I'm doing today, including your show, and I, like, it does no good for me to go on shows and be like, well, like, two weeks ago, I bet Travis Etienne under 35 and a half or last week or whatever, so the number's... 31 and a half now. Um, so there are some of these bets I made where the numbers have moved, which is not like me being braggadocious. I mean, a lot of people have these bets over the course of the last few weeks. Um, so I've, I've got a lot already, and I think I've got a bunch that are actionable now with the current numbers here. So um, I've already got double digits, and I, I think I'll probably add like another, probably another 10, I would say, over the course of the day today as we move along. Yeah, it's good stuff. I got Justin Fields at like plus 200. So I have the bets that moved in a poor direction, but I also have a couple of ones that were solid that were um, put in earlier. So yeah, I kind of want to like, let's start the conversation there because I kind of feel like there's no way we can talk about this draft and betting uh, on this draft without talking about the third overall pick. Obviously, all signs are kind of pointing towards Mac Jones. Like, are we are we at the point where it's just going to be Mac Jones, no matter what we as the media and NFL fans want, or is there another bet to make here? I know on MGM right now, Fields is plus three twenty five at DraftKings. He's plus five hundred. Lance is a little bit shorter. It's plus two forty on MGM, plus two fifty on DraftKings. Just what's your general thoughts about this bet? I know it's been talked to death, but it kind of feels like it's worth revisiting right now in the morning of the draft. Um, I don't think it's worth betting. Um, everyone I talk to. Um, and I don't never claim to be like an insider of, in any way, shape or form, but I did work in the NFL media um, and NFL radio for over a decade. Um, so I do know a lot of people in the league. So when it comes to the NFL, I actually do have some legitimate sources and everyone I talk to says it's going to be Mac Jones. And they all kind of say the same thing. Like we can't believe it. Or they say, I can't believe that it's actually going to be Mac Jones, but I, that's what everybody says. And like, 
you know, a lot of people do mock drafts. I used to do a mock draft back in the day when I wrote for Bleacher Report, and I had at the time, like, what the hell do I know? But the people that are really respected, like the real, like, people that are actually connected, everyone says it's Mac Jones to San Francisco. Now, does that mean it's going to be Mac Jones? No. I mean, this whole process is stupid, honestly. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. But would anyone really be shocked if they took Justin Fields tonight? They took Trey Lance in third tonight? I don't know that I would be here, but um, I do think that it's probably going to be Mac Jones. And Jones, obviously, is the overwhelming favorite right now. Um, I've seen prices around minus 270, minus 300 for Mac Jones. So I think if people out there, if you want to, like, take a flyer on Trey Lance, um, when we had, you know, Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter saying earlier in the week that they've narrowed the focus down to either um, Mac Jones or Trey Lance, you want to bet Lance just to get plus money on the third overall pick? Like, I, I don't hate that. But uh, I'm, I'm not going to suggest that you're putting a significant amount of money on it or anything. And here's the other thing. Like, I know it's the biggest talking point. We have guests on You Better You Bet. We ask them about the third overall pick. It's the most interesting thing. It's the thing everyone's talking about the most here. We don't have to bet it. You don't have to bet who the third overall pick is going to be. Like, I know it's fun. And maybe if you want to throw a couple of shekels down on it, bet Trey Lance and plus money. But I don't know. I think it's going to be Mac Jones. And I don't really think it's worth betting. Yeah, I do think it's going to be Mac Jones, too. And, like, anyone who's speculating on fields really just doesn't know anything. They just want it to be fields. Um, I think, but, but, but we don't know either. Like, right, you exactly. saying you, say, no one you knows think anything. it's going to be Mac Jones. I think it's going to be Mac Jones. Like, we don't know. Like, yeah. And that's not to say, like, that's not to insult you or me. Like, no one knows. Like, right. nobody knows. Um, exactly. Which is why, like, I don't know, the whole pro- this whole process is, like, it's great because it gives us content that helps us cash checks. But, like, the entire thing is really stupid, honestly. It's extremely stupid. It's also fun. And I think like betting is the way to kind of like make it a little bit more fun. But this, I agree, is something that I would stay away from. It like, yeah, I agree. If you want to throw a little bit of money on Lance, like there are legitimate sources that are saying that the 49ers have considered Lance. There are people in the front office that like Lance. So if you're going to place a bet, that's what I would do. Again, don't put a lot of money on it. I think this is just kind of at this point where it's so late in the process and it's just so up in the air at this point that we just it's not worth betting on. I would agree with you there. All right, let's talk about another guy that's probably going to go very early in the draft. So Kyle Pitts, there was a report yesterday that the Falcons, they're drafting him no matter what um, at the top four. I think sometimes you have to have some healthy skepticism here when you're talking about, you know, like sources coming from a team-specific like thing like that. Um, but there are some interesting bets here. So on DraftKings, it's kind of funny. There's He's minus 400 to be a top five pick, but he's also minus 260 to be under five and a half. So that's just a mistake. Um, but also minus 305 to be the first non-quarterback drafted. Do we, are we buying into that report? And are you like willing to take action on something that's that juiced? Or are you kind of staying away from that too? Um, I thought, let me give me a second. I'm going to see what my Kyle, what I have Kyle Pitts at. Because I definitely have some kind of Kyle Pitts bet. Um, I do think he's going to go fourth overall. Let me see here. I have Pitts. I, I don't know when I bet this year. I have so many bets and I don't know when I place it. I, I have Pitts under four and a half plus 105. Okay. Basically like plus 105 will Kyle Pitts be the fourth overall pick in the draft. Um, Todd McShay earlier in the week um, on Ryan Rosillo's podcast said it's a lock that Atlanta's going to take, or I don't know what the exact verbiage was, but a close to a lock or a lock that Pitts is going to go fourth overall to the Falcons. Everyone I talk to thinks it's going to be Pitts going fourth overall to the Falcons and Atlanta's not going to take a quarterback. And I don't know that four is going to be um, the inflection point um, where we're going to see a team trade up for a quarterback. I actually think that'll be seven um, with the Detroit Lions, where I think the Lions are likely to trade back there from the seventh overall pick. Teams potentially looking to leapfrog Carolina at eight, um, and the Denver Broncos at nine to get a quarterback. So I think Atlanta stays put. I think they draft Kyle Pitts. I do think Pitts will be the first uh, non-quarterback selected. I don't know that I want to lay minus 305 on that, though. So, again, this is a situation where, like, if you want to do something with Kyle Pitts, like, I don't know, I feel like doing it on Thursday is probably not the best day. probably should have been done a week or so ago. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, I saw, maybe it was your shows. I was listening to someone else, like, put 
like five bucks on him to go third overall just because like San Francisco. Yeah, that was do my something. show. Yeah, yeah, that's I don't know if I'm there yet, but I, I think that's kind of funny because it's just like we don't know what the 49ers are doing really. Um, but well, yeah, they're not taking a tie. I mean, and look, that was my my buddy Sam Paniatovich of, of Nesson and Fox Sports who came on and said that. And listen, he's got I know that he's got people that he talks to, so I'm not like discrediting his sources or anything, but like everything that I know about the NFL, a team look, I mean, like maybe it could work out and like Pitts if he they draft him and he's with Kittle and like the offense could be awesome. Um, but everything I know about the league says trading three first round picks, you, you only do that for a quarterback, but you know, who the hell knows? I doubt it'll happen though. I, I fully doubt it too. I just thought it was kind of funny. It was like a funny uh, theory just because like the 49ers are just kind of maybe just fucking with us to an extreme extent for the entire time. Um, let's talk about some wide receivers. So we talked about Jamar chase at length on the last episode. Um, he's at like five and a half right now and kind of heavily juiced to the under, What's just quickly, because I, I want to talk more about Jalen Waddle, but what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's a no play or do you, are you kind of interested in that? I bet the over if I did anything there. Um, again, people I talk to say five and six, and I've asked a couple people this morning on Thursday morning, what do we think about five and six? We assume that the first four picks are pretty much locked in, right, with uh, Lawrence, Wilson, um, Mac Jones, and then Kyle Pitts. Um, what's going to happen at five and six with Cincinnati and Miami? And everything that I hear is Sewell, Chase, in some order. So mm-hmm. if and Miami traded Eric Flowers to Washington. Um, they're kicking Robert Hunt inside the guard. Um, this is a white, and here's the other thing to consider. A lot of, this is a great receiver draft. And Miami's got a second first round pick. So even if Miami takes, you know, an offensive lineman, probably Sewell, right? But at number six, they could come back and take a wide receiver later on in the first round. So, and and what I'm seeing, you know, Jalen Waddell is like a deep threat for Tua Tungabailoa. Um, and a lot of people are kind of throwing that out there. Like, okay, like they also signed Will Fuller this offseason. Like, that's a thing that happened. I know he suspended for the first game, but hey, Fuller's awesome. Like, and he's just, like I, I thought that was a great signing there. So um, I think it's Sewell Chase in some order. So I think if you're going to bet it, take the, take the plus money. I, I don't know that it's really worth a bet. I think we have to consider something with Cincinnati too. And I talk about this on the show a lot. Um, and also with San Francisco. I think kind of mistake a lot of people will make is making bets based on like what they think should happen. Right. You know, like, well, I watched Joe Burrow get his leg blown up by Chase Young last year. So I think Cincinnati should draft an offensive lineman. Well, it's not you making the pick. It's like the dumb Cincinnati Bengals. Right. We're probably like, well, we drafted the LSU quarterback number one overall last year. Let's take the, the, his top wide receiver from the year they won the national championship, Jamar Chase. So like, could Chase go five? Yes. Would I be shocked if they took Sewell? No, because – who the hell knows what Cincinnati's going to do? But no, I don't think like putting the juice on Chase going under five and a half is worth it. Yeah, there are a few teams that like betting on them to do the rational thing is never a good idea. Like the Bengals, the Lions, maybe to some extent the Cowboys. Um, I think they'll be a little bit more predictable this year. But yeah, I, I, I think the Bengals, if they were smart, they would trade down there because there are teams that want to move up and get a quarterback and they could get a King's ransom and kind of build their entire offense, their entire team because they need a lot of pieces. But yeah, I'm with you on that. All right, Jalen Waddle. Like everything I'm hearing about Jalen Waddle is he's rising up the board, that people are interested in him. Nine and a half is his number right now pretty even on both sides you kind of look at it the only teams that really make sense for him before that are Miami at six Detroit at seven Detroit's been talking about trading down I don't I don't know if they will but like that's just something so I don't know what's your thought on Jalen Waddle at nine and a half um I would have been more apt to play Jalen Waddle when it was 11 and a half at nine and a half I don't really have a lot of interest um like I said like maybe maybe Miami ends up taking him at six if if Cincinnati grabs Chase at five that's not what I'm hearing. But again, I feel like they signed Will Fuller, get a wide receiver a little later. Um, so, yeah, I 
At nine and a half, I, I don't know that I have a lot of interest there. I know a lot, some people think, and I actually think right now, I think the Lions, because um, you can bet like exact position drafted by yeah. team first, and I'm fairly certain that the lot that the favorite for the Lions is a uh, is a wide receiver. Yeah, pretty the, heavy favorite. I'm pretty sure it's like plus I think it's, 120 or something like that. Yeah, and like, look, is it possible that that happens? Yes. Um, I would be pretty surprised if it happens. And I know like, it's like Tyrell Williams and Rashad Perriman and Quintez Cephas right now would be their three wide receiver sets open the year. Uh, I just look at, you know, the power structure of this team, the new power structure with Dan Campbell. And we got to remember, and Pete Prisco of CBS Sports said this on my show a couple days ago, um, Chris Spielman, the former Lions linebacker, is going to be like pretty heavily involved in the personnel decisions and his role with the team right now. And just knowing like him and knowing Dan Campbell and knowing like what they stand for is kind of like old school football guys. I, I think it could just as easily be like a trade back for an offensive lineman. And ultimately what I think will happen with Detroit, and it is an, an, an analytically minded new front office there. Um, this is a team that's in the midst of a rebuild, right? Like this is a team that's not expecting to compete this year. They're going to roll Jared Goff out of quarterback this year. They're going to be bad. There's no question about it. Where I think it's more likely that they're going to look to trade down and look to accumulate some extra picks here. And I think if a team is going to trade up to seven, uh, it, it ain't going to be for Jalen Waddle. It's going to be for a quarterback. And then I think we hit Carolina, who I, I don't think would take a wide receiver, although it's possible. Um, Denver definitely not going to take a wide receiver after drafting Jerry Judy in the first round last year. So I think if I had to do something with Waddle, I would I would bet the over. But this is another situation where like value's gone here at this point because it was 11 and a half last week. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm there with you too. I think at nine and a half, I would lean over because like you said, I really don't, yeah, eight and nine, they're not taking them. Um, seven seems more like they trade back. Well, Carolina um, could take him. That could happen. I just don't it's possible. think it's likely. That's a situation though, where if they feel like they're not going to want to commit to DJ more for a long term, but they also just extended his fifth year option today. So I don't, I don't really think that's something that would be, in, they'd be interested in. So I, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. Um, all right, I want to talk quickly about some risers and fallers. So there are two linebackers that are names that are, I just keep hearing and their numbers kind of keep rising. Zayvon Collins, he's at 25 and a half right now. Jamin Davis, uh, 26 and a half. I actually put a long shot bet in for Zayvon Collins to be the first linebacker taken. It was like plus 1100. Um, I like that. Yeah. So like, I kind of want to talk to you about these like, for like player rumors versus team rumors when it comes to the draft. For me, I kind of feel like I want to buy more into like player X is rising or falling in the draft rather than team X is interested in this player because there's like less incentive to lie about that stuff. So do you buy into Zayvon Collins, Jamin Davis rising? And is that something you're willing to bet at 26 and a half, 25 and a half? Because they are like kind of not super premier positions and I don't know if teams are going to reach for them, but there is some buzz around them. Um, I'd say the the value on Davis is gone. Um, yeah, same. And this and this, and this was a guy that people I talked to think that he's the best linebacker in the draft. And that was kind of like a probably like a month ago I was hearing that that Davis is really highly regarded. So, um, like you said, like now he's projected to go in you know the end of the first round, and the value is completely gone there. So like, could Davis potentially go top twenty five? Yes. Going to go top twenty six? Sure. Am I willing to bet on it? You know, probably not. Um, I think it is worth noting today the two uh, two mock drafters that I really respect, and that's not like what they do for a living, but like when they release mock drafts, Daniel Jeremiah and Peter Schrager, both of the NFL Network, both are connected. Both have Zayvon Collins going uh, to the Arizona Cardinals. So um, I think if I had to bet Collins at this point, based on that information, I would probably look to go under here. But you know, I think you you said something really smart, and that's you know the NFL. Not every team, but I think a lot of teams now are starting to devalue the position. 
would I, I I have a pretty substantial position on Micah Parsons over 11 and a half. Um, I just uh, off ball linebackers in today's NFL. Like I just, you know, I don't, I, I just, I just don't see it. So um, I, if I had to do anything with the two guys you mentioned, I'd go under on Collins, but uh, not bets I'm really interested in making. So actually the next one I was going to talk about is Micah Parsons. Um, he's actually gone down to 13 and a half at a lot of books. Um, if you can find him at 11 and a half, I think that's a smash over, but I'm seeing him at 13 and a half with plus money plus one Oh five. Is that still a bet you're willing to make? Because there are these like character concerns that are kind of rumbling. And I think those two, the character concerns plus the positional value are two things that often make guys slide in the draft. So I want to talk about that. I'm curious to hear your position on that. Well, I, I, I don't, first off, like I don't think a team would trade up for Parsons. Right. So I don't think that's something that we really need to consider here. So we can kind of, you know, go down the list. Like, is it possible? Like we don't kind of know like what this lion's, what the Lions front office is going to look like. I, I have an idea of what I think they're going to do, but like, is it possible that they want to like aggressively remake the defense and like trade and with the, with the pick they trade down, take Parsons? Like it's within the realm of possibility. I think it's unlikely, but it's certainly possible. Like Dolphins, no chance of taking Parsons. Maybe the Lions, if they trade back, I doubt they would do it at number seven. You know, Carolina, if they're taking a defensive player at eight, it's going to be a cornerback. I, I never think that it's Parsons. I guess the Broncos, I don't know. This is, like this is where kind of like the assumption of rational GMing could potentially get, get people in trouble where I don't know, like if I'm Denver and I'm George Patton and I'm John Elway and I'm that front office and I'm looking at that division with Mahomes in Kansas city and Justin Herbert with the chargers here, I, I can't roll into the season with Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Lock quarterback competition because you've got no shot with those guys, like none. So I think they need to get a quarterback. Now I, they may just be like, okay, like Fangio's a defensive guy. He may feel like, okay, you know, we just need someone to not turn the ball over and let's just keep building this defense and Teddy's going to be the starter. So within the realm of possibility that that happens, I think it would be dumb. If D- Dallas is definitely not taking a linebacker, they've invested too much in the position in recent years, high draft capital. So Dallas won't take one. Um, I don't think that, I think the Giants are either taking a big boy or an offensive lineman. The Eagles with Howie Roseman, analytically minded front office, I think never take a linebacker there at number 12. I doubt the Chargers would do it. I think they're looking offensive line, uh, probably Rashawn Slater if he's on the board. And then I think the Vikings are looking for a pass rusher at 14. So um, I, I would still take the over on Parsons. I don't think it's like the super smash play of all time, but uh, I would go over on Micah Parsons, giving everything that I've just laid out. I think Denver is the one team that scares you if you're looking to take this over. Yeah, no, I fully agree with you with that in terms of Denver being the one team. And, like, Vic Fangio's always like those rangy, fast linebackers. You got, like, Roquan Smith in Chicago. You got Navarro Bowman, Patrick Willis in San Francisco. That said, though, I mean, you just, you just said it. Like, Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert in the division, if they're going to take a defensive player, why don't they just take a cornerback? I mean, Sertain and Horn are probably both going to be on the board at that point. So, I, I just – I mean, again – we got to assume that this it's a good uh, point it's a good point yeah yeah. and like again that's kind of assuming that this front office is as smart as we are theoretically but um it's which is never necessarily true but i I still think that my michael parsons over is here all right i want to give the floor to you to talk about some of your favorite props we're very close to the draft so a lot of these lines have moved but still things that you think are actionable right now okay great um i actually have a lot of them um i don't know what it's at right now and i was actually looking this morning um to see if there's over one and a half running backs drafted in the first round. Um, I think that number is going to go over. I think we could see three running backs go in the first round of this hmm. draft, which would be um, Najee Harris, uh, Travis Etienne, and then Javante Williams out of North Carolina, where I definitely think we're going to see at least two running backs go. So I know at least one prominent sports book has over, they've, they've dropped it to over a half with minus 460 I on the that, over, yeah. which obviously like, yeah. 
I, I don't know. I feel like that bet's almost definitely going to win, but it's up to people to decide if they want to like lay minus 460 on that. But I think that bet is going to win where we will see at least one running back. I think we, I think it's at least two and maybe three running backs go. Um, I still think Travis Etienne under 31 and a half is a bet worth making. And I know it was 35 and a half last week. We had a couple of guests on you better. You bet. We talked about that last week where that's a valuable bet to make, but I still think Etienne under 31 and a half is a bet that makes some sense here where um, I think we're going to see Najee Harris go in the twenties. And I think we can see Etienne go in the twenties as well. I think the jets um, with their second first round pick are very much alive to take a running back. Um, I think Buffalo is very live to take a running back. I think they were kind of, you know, not thrilled with, um, with Zach Moss and Devin Singletary um, last year. So I think Buffalo could look to add a running back there with, uh, with their pick at the end of round number one. So ETN under 31 and a half you know, values, you know, or 35 and a half better, but I still like uh, 31 and a half. Sewell under six and a half plus 100. I think it's a terrific bet. Again, I have been told and I have been wrong and my sources have been wrong. So it's not a guarantee, but Sewell under six and a half looks pretty safe to me where again, I have been told by a couple of people that I trust and respect that five and six in some way, shape or form are Jamar Chase and Sewell. So under six and a half, you, you win either way plus 100. That's kind of a no brainer bet for me. Uh, uh, Panay Sewell under six and a half. I want to take a shot on Justin Fields to be drafted ahead of Trey Lance. Um, you can do a matchup bet. Fields plus 114 here, where I think if Lance does not go third overall, and again, we're expecting it to be Mac Jones, where I think Fields is going to end up going before Trey Lance, and I'll take plus money on this bet. So Fields plus 114 to go ahead of Trey Lance is something that I'm looking at. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker, offensive lineman out of USC, under 16 and a half. I think there are a number of teams in that range that could um, under 16, where I, I do think he could potentially go 17 to the Raiders who need offensive line help. So you could lose there and you would lose by half a position, which would suck. But I think there are teams like the Chargers, the Giants, the Washington football team that all could use offensive line help. I am hearing that Tucker is someone who's rising up boards here. So Elijah Tucker under 16 and a half is a bet that I'm looking to make. Um, and two specific um, team bets to draft positions. Number one would be the Lions plus 360 to take an offensive lineman. And again, I'm not suggesting like lots of money on these bets here. Yeah. But um, if kind of people kind of think the way that I do, which is this is a, a new front office and a new power structure there who value toughness, right? And like the old school football guy, you know, BS. They're going to want like a road grader, right? On this offensive line here. So plus 360 for the Lions, I think makes sense. And if... I'm going to, and if what I said earlier is true, that it's Chase and Sewell in some way, shape, or form five and six, then I think Miami plus 340 to take offensive line with their first pick is worth a shot. Um, if Chase goes five to Cincinnati, then basically it's plus 340. Will Miami draft Panay Sewell or not? So I think that is also a bet that's worth making. Yeah, I like most of those. The only one that I would push back against a little bit is Travis Etienne um, over, what do you say, over or under 30 and a half or 31 and a half? 31 and a half, yeah. I just like... I, I feel I've heard a lot about Javonta Williams possibly jumping into the first round, which like, I don't know if how solid that stuff is, but like, I think two running backs is very much possible in the first round. I kind of feel like I haven't heard as much about ETN being the one who moves up, but I, you could be right. I could be wrong about that. I actually took the over on 31 and a half. Um, and that could end up being a loser. Kind of wanted to run two of my uh, favorites by you. So Tevin Jenkins under 24 and a half, I think is something that there's just so many teams before 24 and a half that could take them. The Colts, the Bears, the Raiders. And if offensive linemen get pushed up the board, which is possible, I keep hearing that uh, Darisaw and Barrett Tucker are going to kind of go um, earlier. Uh, like so, that, that. Yeah, that, that's one of my favorites. Um, and then 
I think Kellen Mond over – this is kind of a later bet. I, I've seen it. It's been kind of rising a little bit. Originally in the week, I saw it like 87 and a half. Um, it's, it moved around to like 80, like under 80 and a half. It kind of feels like Kellen Mond is the quarterback that front offices and coaches are going to see the tools. They're going to see the mobility. They're going to see the rocket arm. They're going to be like, shit, I can do something with that. And I could – like I could see him going early second or like a team trading up in the top of the third round for him. I, I just kind of feel like there's two drafts. There's the quarterback's draft and then there's the other draft. And there's so many good quarterbacks in this draft that I kind of feel like the teams that miss out – like maybe shit uh maybe chicago maybe washington they might see some interest there what are your thoughts on those two um i well i like the tevin one as far as mon goes um i'm gonna stay away from that not saying you're wrong but i personally have heard more about um kyle trask and davis mills potentially being guys that go earlier than expected so i would be more apt to bet those two guys than i would mons i also had davis mills at like 60 under 67 and a half um so that was something i'm interested in too uh, probably i feel like maybe both of those won't hit but i think at least one of them probably will um real quick before you go what's the giants pick at number 11 and what do you think you want it to be um i I'm actually cool with a bunch of different options here. Um, as long as they don't take a running back, I think I'm okay with what they do. Um, <laughs> I talked to someone today who's very, this morning, who's very close with the team. Who thinks it's going to be Devonte Smith if he's on the board there, but also kind of logic and reason tells me like, I don't know. They have a lot of money invested in the position. Um, just gave big money to Kenny Galladay. Um, if I had to bet right now, I, I think it's going to be Devonte Smith and uh, I would be okay with that pick as a, as a Giants fan. So I think, I think it will be Devonte Smith. Yeah, I, I actually think, like, my position on Devonta Smith has changed entirely over, like, the last couple of weeks of watching film. He's just, like, the worry about him being small and, like, being beat up by cornerbacks is fair, but also they just might not get their hands on him because he's so yeah, quick well, and he's well, so... Also, like, he played, he was, he was, he played special teams. He was the gunner on Alabama's punk team. Right, exactly. This is, yeah. this is not, this is a, he's tough. Like, yeah. he made 166 pounds, whatever. He, he a tough SOB, so. Yeah, and he hasn't been injured, really. So it's just like, and he's played in the SEC, so it's not like he's getting some Mickey Mouse guys on defense when he's playing. All right, Nick Costos, thanks so much for joining us on a busy morning. Have a great draft. Good luck with your bets. And to all you listening, same goes with you guys. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.